leading us in today happy happy friday happy friday what's going on buddy not much not much so i'm not going into work until three today so i'm taping this for the first time on my new laptop so i'm pretty pumped about that uh this was my big purchase this year um and yeah uh i was beat this you. morning enjoy, man. enjoy that yeah laugh. yeah yeah it is cold up here in the Northeast, up in Wilmington, Delaware. I think it was like 15 degrees today. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cold here. Not quite 15, man, but it's like 34, I, I think. I heard we, you guys got some snow there. We did. It was a blast. Yeah? It was a Was blast. it like a traditional Atlanta snowstorm where people like don't, hadn't seen the road for like, uh, you know, like weeks? No, it was fine. It was no, it was actually... I wish there was a little bit more snow that we got, but the kids went out and, and had a blast. And that's what makes, that's what makes it fun, you know? And I didn't have to shovel. I was out there. I put my uh, salt mixture down before uh, all the bad weather came. So we only got, we didn't get much. I mean, we maybe got an inch and a half or two inches, but the kids made the most of it. It was fun, you know? And that's it didn't what we've stick. been getting. I mean, I don't think we've got more than two inches of snow all year. And it's, it's interesting to see how people react you know, like I remember we would never miss school uh, or if we did, it would be like 12 inches or or something. And now they cancel school for the slightest bit of snow. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we live in a litigious society and people are afraid that if there's a bus accident, it could be really bad. So I, I understand it to a certain degree. It was um, just a totally different mentality. You know, Train and I were talking about this last weekend that. Uh you uh back in the day how we would wake up and you and i talked about this last week you'd wake up and you would uh i would listen to wdel to find out right right, my right. School district you know and that's what we waited for so and, and now everything <laughs> i don't even know if they do a snow thing there because i think every school district just has it on their own website yeah. or if it's wdel they have it on their website and that was a big exciting thing and of course I don't think Channel Six would have had it because we were such a small school district back then. Right? Would we have even gotten on Channel Six with Jimmy Gardner? Although Jimmy wasn't doing the morning shift, I know that it was probably. Yeah. I don't. I, maybe Dan Cuellar has been there for years. Uh, I don't even know who was on in the eighties. Uh, Mark Howard well, was there. Lisa Thomas Laurie was. She did the six though, right? Uh, I think it might maybe the five o'clock. I know that we were reminiscing about our favorite newscast, and I think it's weird. I think the connection that people have with Action News Channel 6 is no like any other city. I mean, yeah. it's a weird connection because our people don't leave forever. If, yeah. you, if you notice, they, they stay. Like, we were talking about Rick Williams. Yeah, Rick Williams was on in the, in the like, the, the late, uh, late 80s, early 90s with... Uh, mm -hmm. I, I told you about Phil Andrews or whatever. I looked him up. A Rob, was it Rob Andrews or, or um, the sports guy, remember? Well, give me a decade. I remember that name, right? 90s, early 90s, too. Like when the, yeah. when the Eagles were being coached by Richie Kotite back, back then. Yeah, I think it was Rob Andrews. Yeah, Rob Andrews. Uh, yep. And then, of course, Scott Palmer. Scott Palmer, and, and you know Johnny what's interesting Austin. about how, how he goes from doing sports with Channel 6 to being the Phillies, you know, like, media guy, right? I mean, he's like the media czar for the Phillies. And then, I mean, just Philly, like, growing up, you know, there was um, the great Al Meltzer, Big Al. Yeah. Yuki Washington. Who, who, of course, you know. of course, he was in Rocky Five. Yes. Al Meltzer. You're no Rocky yes, Balboa. Yeah. Well, wasn't, wasn't Al Meltzer? No, no. I, I sometimes, he wasn't in the original Rocket though. I know Stu Nahum was obviously, but like. And I, and I was, I, he wasn't a local guy. I think he must've been like a national sports guy. He seemed uh, like he was local though, didn't he? 
yeah i mean i i don't know I, I, that I, so i was thinking about that a lot and you know sometimes eric like to say eric get your ass out of the 80s because you're you seem to be stuck in it too much so a little bit stuck too much in the 80s a so, little bit more I, i'm just thinking you know that today is not that great i i heard the bad news i saw eric's post on facebook today eric connor louis anderson dead louis anderson uh, and meatloaf died both of them on the same day i thought meatloaf had died years ago though so no meatloaf died today dude i felt, I feel bad because i thought oh, meatloaf i swear i thought meatloaf died like 10 years ago that's why I was surprised when he had him on there, Eric Connor. He posted it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, two losses. Uh, uh, Louis Anderson, of course, was always sort of that, you know, uh, disheveled looking comic who yeah. was really good in coming to America and actually had like a like a three second spot in the recent coming to America sequel. That was the first time I had seen him in years, um, mm -hmm. but really funny. Um and uh unfortunately Did he die he had... natural causes or what what happened what's what's uh, the my mom has said that he died of cancer so i oh. yeah so i didn't even know that the guy was sick i feel mom <laughs> doing a podcast. i love it <laughs> this is it's funny we're like this we're, we're like the the freaking odd couple here we go back and forth that I've often said we should take it on the road as a comedy act. You should. Uh, she's like literally reading the paper in the background here. Uh, her. It's her house. It is her house. It is her Respect house. Respect your mother. I, 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 I am. I am. I am. All right. So, so how is I, so good week? It's been a pretty good week. I'm just uh, Monday. I went to the Sixers game. My nephew uh, Andy Liebergal, who's my shout out today, uh, works in ticket sales for the Washington Wizards. And he knows I'm a gigantic Sixers fan. And the Sixers were there on Monday. Uh, first half was up. I was up in the uh, pretty high up. Second half, though, he got me comped down to the bottom. I was right behind the Sixers bench. I totally know what's going on with this team. You know, there's there's a couple observations. Charlie Brown Jr. I mean, I don't know what. Type Everyone of loves that guy. Local guy. Every, but you got to see this guy down on the court. He's so happy to be here. He's got all this great uh, personality. Like mm -hmm. everyone else, like walked out at the end of the game. He's signing an autograph. I mean, it's just I love this kid. I mean, I don't know what it is about it. I don't know. Maybe it's the yellow hair, the dyed yellow hair. Yeah. But, but there is something about him. I don't think he can play at all. Um, and then the other <laughs> observation was like the team is on one side. Joel comes out. He's sitting there, like just totally disconnected. You know that he's like he's doing some visual thing there because this guy he he puts up thirty points and it's like not even a big deal. It was the quietest thirty points. Then Wednesday night, I know they beat a bad Orlando Magic team, but he put up fifty points and looked completely unstoppable. Looked like the best player in the league. Well, um, he did that in what twenty-seven minutes? Is that what he played? Twenty-seven minutes. I think that the. The comparable, they they were comparing him to Danny, uh, not um, to Clay Thompson had done it in like twenty six or something. But you got to remember, uh, Clay Thompson's a three point shooter and gets a lot of his points through three pointers. Joel gets them everywhere, and I think he was only one for four from the three. So that's to show you how many points he got. I understand people are going to say, oh, it was the bad Orlando Magic team. Mo Bamba, I mean, put up thirty two points, a career high. So, I mean, this guy's amazing, and I hope we appreciate what we have right now. He's not an obnoxious Ben Simmons who just wants to get out of town, who's all about me. He, he seems like the consummate team player who wants to be in Philly. And, I mean, I saw them lose on Monday. They just looked exhausted. They had come off a big victory against Miami on Saturday night, which is a team that they always have trouble with and looked horrible on Monday. Um, uh, Tobias, this is unbelievable. Seven points, one rebound, one assist, $37.5 million. And um, so that was against the Wizards. Um, and then on Wednesday, I think he did score about 20. But Tyrese looks like the, the complimentary player, and everyone is sort of suspect. But the Sixers have put together a, a good winning streak 
and are in a position where they have the ability with Kevin Durant being out to sort of move in and retake control of the East, which is amazing compared to where we saw them being literally a month ago, losing, you know, about three games in a row. Um, and then obviously having the problems at the beginning of the year. So um, we're, we're on our winter sports at this point. I wanted to touch, start with the Sixers. And then I think we could talk about the Eagles loss if you want and the continuing woes, the Philadelphia Flyers. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care to talk too much about the continuing woes of the Flyers being that this is the second time they've lost 10 in a row in a season. And the first time a team has done that since the Avalanche did that back in uh, 10 years ago. So if that's, that's an embarrassment, it's bad. an embarrassment of an organization right now, man. It just is. It's it an embarrassment of an organization. The Flyers are. And uh, is that, do they have, do they, I mean, before getting back, do they have the worst record in the NHL, the Flyers? Not yet. They're working on it and that's fine. I mean, you know what, maybe they'll get a better draft pick and maybe they'll be able to make sense of it. And, and, you know, Bobby Clark came out, I was going to ask you about this last week. You know, he came out, here I go. I start off by saying, I don't want to talk about the Flyers and I'm talking about the Flyers, but Bobby Clark came out last week and slammed Ron Hextall for for his draft picking, his selection of Nolan Patrick. And here's what I was thinking yesterday when I was on a walk. I can't imagine another sports city, and I'm sure if we sat down and thought about it and looked at it, maybe we could come up with one. I I just want you to listen. I don't want you to react just yet, okay? Mm -hmm. All right. We took Nolan Patrick with the number two pick in in the hockey draft. We took Ben Simmons with the number one pick in the NBA draft. We took Mickey Moniak with the number one pick in the Major League Baseball draft. And we took Carson Wentz with the number two pick in the NFL draft. So, and, and here's what I'll say. Everyone that says it was a bad idea, Carson this, Carson that, like they have a very short memory because without Carson Wentz, we would not have a Super Bowl trophy. Nick Foles would not have won that Super Bowl had he have played the entire year. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. And the, the work that Carson Wentz did, you have to acknowledge that. You have to tip your cat no matter how he looks now or how bitter it's become. Um, it is what it is. So Carson Wentz, fine, you know, and we got a number one pick for him. And now the Colts are thinking that they may want to move on from him and they're not going to get anything close to what we got for Carson Wentz. So, you know, I think we got the best that we could from Carson Wentz, both on the field and off the field. Um, Now, Nolan Patrick, if you listen to Bobby Clark, you know, and this is how, how can you trust Bobby Clark when he wanted Eric Lindros to play with a collapsed lung? You remember that? So don't remember that, but it's been, it's been, he he wanted him to play with a collapsed lung. And, and so Nolan Patrick, but he's saying that they didn't want Nolan Patrick that Ron Hextall went off into a room and locked everyone out of the room and made the pick. And that was his pick alone. And their scouts wanted uh, Makar, who's, who's a a stud uh, uh, defensive player for um, the avalanche, funny enough, as we mentioned them, we have Mickey Moniak who in that, and, and MLB draft, I remember that year, there was no, there were no pre-draft. There was no one that anyone was like super, super excited about. Um, but there has been some good talent that's come out of that first round of that draft. And then, um, you know, with the Sixers and Ben Simmons, I mean, Ben Simmons was a consensus number one pick that year, right? I mean, He was, he yeah, was. Some people said, oh, I like Brandon Ingram, but you had to take Ben. And Brandon uh, Ingram is sort of, I mean, that team is sort of, I mean, I, I still don't think I would take Brandon Ingram at this point. There's probably other players in that draft that we're forgetting about that had done better than both Brandon Ingram and Ben Simmons. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. And Ben Simmons won the rookie of the year over uh Spida Mitchell. And uh, yes, yeah, so there was that whole thing, but look, did you hear Maury's uh, Maury's interview yesterday? with uh mikey miss i didn't no i didn't okay so maury basically said Can you hold on one second sure on one second? so we you were talking about the daryl maury interview there with uh mikey miss yeah. and uh what 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 was the crux of the interview i mean what was he talking about the, the continuing holdout i mean that it was going to go until the summer 
Well, I wish, first of all, that I had a camera that was recording the when we are not recording officially so I could get the behind the scenes of what really happens on 1973. But yes, Mikey Miss uh, asked Maury some good questions. And Maury had, I thought some, I, look, he's not going to tell you anything. He's not supposed to tell you anything. But what he did say was the way that Joel is playing you know, originally there was that talk about the Sixers wanted a top 30 pick. And he's like, you know, maybe we'd be open to a top 40 pick because Joel's been so dominant right now. And he said, but the thing you have to understand is we're not going to make a deal so that we become the eighth best team and we move up to the seventh best or we're sixth best and we move up to fifth. He's like, we're going to make a deal if something propels us to become, you know, a legitimate, true contender this year and beyond. And he said, you will regret if you make a trade for Ben, just because he's like, I get it. People want him out of here. And he said, I, he, those weren't his exact words, but basically he was saying, I get the fans are frustrated. They want something done. They want some resolution here. And the fact of the matter is, is that he, if you make a deal now just to get Ben out of town, just to dump Ben, you know, you're going to regret that for not just this year, but several years down the road. And I, yeah. I, I thought that that was a great point, a fair point. Uh, Mikey Miss broached him on the rumored deal with the Kings where it was like they're giving up two. They would be giving up Fiebel. You're right. talking about the Harris, Simmons, and Fiebel deal to the right. Kings. Right, And you're getting Harrison Barnes, who might be on the other side of where he is. I mean, he's probably going downward. Buddy Heald and Therese Halliburton, right? And two number one picks, right. Two number one, which I don't even know if that's a legitimate deal that's out there. And I don't know how Buddy Heald is going to fit into your backcourt. And I don't, I mean, I would rather have Matisse Feibel than Buddy Heald any day of the week at this point. Yeah, I mean, they both do one thing really well. And so um, certainly Feibel is younger, more athletic, and and Heald is, is is a sniper. So I, I'd rather not give up Bible, but I would have to think about that deal. I really like Halliburton. You've heard me talk about him, but, you know, I think where I netted out with that was Maury said, he said there has been a lot of chatter. A lot of teams are not real happy with where they are. He said there has been a lot of chatter around the league. Um, he said there's a lot of conversations that are going on, but he did not feel, and of course he's going to say this. He's not going to say, hey, I think we're going to trade Ben Simmons by the trade deadline. So he said, you know, if I had, he said, I think it's more likely that we do not make a deal, uh, a big deal with Ben before the deadline. Um, and he said, but we're always looking to upgrade our team. So I started to think like he did make it see, and he said, look, we did it last year with George Hill didn't work out the way we wanted it to. I do think the Sixers are going to make a deal. I think if it's not Ben, I think if it's going to be one of these three players, if it's not Ben, and I don't think it's going to be Ben, I think he is going to hold him till the summer, but, um, I think it's either going to be Tobias or although he did speak pretty glowingly of Tobias yesterday, every time he mentioned to beat Embiid, he mentioned uh, Tobias. Tobias I, th- yeah. I think it's going to be Danny green. Um, or I think it could be like, you know, Danny green and a couple of their young guys, whether it be B ball, Paul or Isaiah Joe, just depending on what they get back. I, I think it, it, it depends, but uh, I think Danny they're going green. to Danny I think green observing him. He's interesting at the game. Like, he was in clothes and everything. He, he sitting there very active and like trying to be like a mentor to the younger players. I noticed quite a bit with mm-hmm. Therese Maxey, Charlie Brown Jr. So, you know, I've said some unglowing things about him in the past. Maybe I take it back a little bit that he's a positive uh, influence on the team. Um, I don't know. I do, does it, does it matter that much? Does he have very much left? No, he doesn't seem to have very much left in him at all. Um, and you know, I would hate to lose Isaiah Joe, but, uh, it would depend what you're getting for him. I mean, the guy was a second round draft pick. Um, and is it, is it a way where you're getting a veteran who's not a Danny green? Cause Danny green didn't do anything last year. You really want someone that is going to make some sort of difference. And that's, uh, that's my concern. They always have, I think they've always made a trade in the past. They've always mm-hmm. sort of made a trade. I'm hoping it's not like a Mike Mescala type pickup who doesn't really do very much for you. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, the way that the Sixers are playing, I mean, 
I will say this. Last year you did you went through a period where you loved Danny Green because we joked yes. about it on the air. And, and so and I, and I love the uh I love the uh the trade uh from what I, I now I'm escaping my name, the guy from Oklahoma City who's now George Hill. We love Hill. I, I remember we like I mean talking about him like he was the greatest second coming of George Hill from 10 years ago, because George Hill, you know, had previously been pretty decent. Um, and, you know, he was last year, he was 35 years old, which sort of is a death knell in basketball. Um, so I was excited. I remember we were both excited. That turned out to be a worthless pickup. So uh, that's why sometimes I, I if you're going to make a pickup, make make certain it, it really is making a difference because I think the chemistry on this team is actually rather good. Um, I am starting to wonder if a pickup for a shooting guard would be good because then you could move Seth Curry to the bench. And I think he would be really good coming off the bench as a six man. I just think he's, he's got that energy and I'm wondering sometimes, and you don't have to, uh, I mean, you don't have to not play him at the end of the game. You could play him. I mean, you could go with three guards, um, but I'm wondering if he might be better coming off the bench um, to start off with. So, yeah, the Sixers have some decisions to make, and I think Maury will make a deal. I also think they have to be really careful with Joel and watch those minutes because he is playing at a yeah. level that we've never seen him play at before. He, he looks he looks good and he looks I phenomenal. Mean, but you 28 you, you minutes. Know, I know playing, that. Th yeah, playing in January like this. You know, where, hey, if he's just playing 30 minutes, that's fine. But if he's, you know, you know, they're going to have some battles, too. And they're going to have some battles in March. And Joel has not proven to be a real durable guy. And you're going to need him in the playoffs if you want to even think about advancing. And so you have to also think about that. And this, this guy, 27 years old, he is beginning his prime. And... Huh. It is something to behold, and it is something for us fans to just enjoy. Sit back. I mean, this is bet. He's he is better than than Barkley's best right now. He's he's every bit as good as AI's best in my mind. Yeah. This is as good as we've seen, and I think we have to appreciate that. And I think Maury is doing the right thing. I I do think that the Ben Simmons thing cannot go on beyond this summer it'll be it'll be finished i mean he'll he'll it has to be done this summer it, it's not going to go on past this summer it, it definitely will and yeah. i'm assuming i guess the trades they usually occur what right after the draft or 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 so it can happen before the draft because you know with draft picks getting swapped and um all that types of stuff so it happens you know and and then it happens with you know, free agency as well. Because the free agency, is, free agency usually is what the the first of July, like it's that first week I in July. That's right. So yeah. that's when you might see, presumably, a sign and trade with James Harden, and the salaries match up perfectly. I guess they don't match up perfectly because James Harden might be James, signing. Harden's making forty. He's going to be making forty-seven million, and I think Ben's. So you got to make up the ten 30s. million difference there. Uh, yeah. with an, you're going to have to throw in another player there to make up the difference. I think that they have like this ability, if it's under a certain number, that it's okay. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to match up perfectly. Yeah. I mean, you throw in Danny Green, then there, there's your difference right there. He's nine, nine million, but he's, uh, I think, because he signed, I believe it was a one year deal with a one year option. So, yeah. uh, I mean, listen, I still don't want James Harden. I still worry. Oh, well, he's going to be 30 three next year yeah so that's should concern you a lot and it's obvious that there's been a decline in play yep. so that's part of the reason why i want nothing to do with that deal because right. what is he going to give you two years i mean then if you're doing that then you really only want him on a two-year deal anyways and you're not going to get him on that two-year deal yeah He's but i'm just yeah. telling you that that would be the type of deal that you know, he, you would sort of want, and he's, he's not going to take a one-year deal like previously because he knows this is going to be his last major contract. Yep. Uh, James Harden. I mean, once they hit that 33 age, this is his last contract. So he's probably going to want, I guess with, you know, he can sign the deal with the Nets for what a five-year deal or a four-year deal. And then they flip it to the Sixers yeah. uh, in a sign and trade deal. So 
that's something to look out there. Maury really, really wants him, it seems like. Although I'm wondering if that's clouding his judgment because he's not the not the player from six, seven years ago. And, um, and, you know, Maury is smarter than you and me put together times five. So I think he's got to see that. But I do agree that there is some some blind loyalty that he has to, to Harden. And I think he thinks having Harden and Embiid, you know, even if Harden's play declines, he still has the most dominant, you know, one of the most dominant players in the league playing in his prime but which is fine and good but the point you bring up is the same concern i have you have a a player who is uh getting older his skills are eroding a bit he's not a guy who's ever been known to be in tremendous shape take tremendous care of himself right and then on top of that that salary is going to be going up so to me i would rather you know bradley beal i know you you need he's the best he's He's the best because he's he's what 28? 28, yeah. And so, he turned uh, down his he turned down the extension that they offered him. He wanted to be a free agent. Now he does really have a, an affinity for uh the Wizards, is is what I, I have read. absolutely no idea why. I mean it's you, you gotta ask your nephew about that. You know who also, I mean, he's sort of been reborn in Washington is Kyle Kuzma. Kuz, the Kuz. Yeah, and uh yeah. And Montrez Harold just talks so much shit. I mean, yeah, he talks I, a lot of trash. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so you have that. You have the whole Dame situation in Portland. So my my is guess, that a similar situation that he has this injury this year and he's sort of on the decline? I don't know. Hadn't had a very good year either. If I had to go between Dame and Harden, I'd feel much more comfortable with Dame. Uh, I just, yeah. I just. He's a little bit younger. He, I, I love Dame. Uh, even though Harden's game is probably a little more well-rounded, uh, I think Dame gives you more. But again, given the choice of the three, I'd go Bradley Beal because, like yeah. you said, he's got the youth on his side. Um, you know, he's he's got decent size. I think he fits in really well with this team. I think he does a lot of things really well. So there's that. And then, you know, there's always the the – so I, another idea, though, that was, was brought about with Ben was, you know, if they do do this deal for Ben, the reason why Maury wants these picks is because he wants to then turn around and flip them in another deal to pursue a Lillard, a Harden, a Beal. And if you can offer, you know, a closet full of number one picks and, you know, some young talent, you, where you would have to part with, you know, maybe I don't know if it's a Maxi, if it's a Tyrese, or uh, or a Matisse. Yeah, and I don't want to part with Maxi because I I like the game that he has. Right, I now. love Maxi. I agree. And and Joel called him the franchise uh, earlier this week. Did you see that? He said no, I didn't. I mean, and they have a real good banter going back and forth, and and it's so funny. It wasn't there with Ben. It wasn't there with Ben, and and you no. don't have to worry about it. That you can see this guy is keyed in. And that's to show you that Rich he's a clutch really- sports guy too. He's so yeah. funny. And that he's not, it's not Rich Paul. That's the problem. It's Ben Simmons. That's the problem. Not Rich Paul. Right. This guy and, wants to play here. And they asked uh, yesterday, Mikey Miss asked Maury kind of point blank. Like, do you see a scenario where Ben could ever come back and play? And he said, he said, I, I could see him suiting up, but he said, you know, and, and, and Miss kept asking him like, well, what's his issue? And he said, yeah, and he ran through some of the issues and and Maury just said, listen, we we had private conversations. You'd have to have that conversation with Ben. And he's like, to be honest with you, he's like, even if Ben explained to you what his issue was, I'm not, you know, he's like, I'm not even sure that I could do it justice. Cause I and I think what he was alluding to is just Ben's issue is so out there. And yeah. then one of the things Maury kept saying was until we get uh you know, we resolve his issues with us, like he won't come back. And so I was started thinking, I was like, is his issue, did he say, I want Doc fired? Like, what kind of, what, what's, what kind of like, what could Ben Simmons be saying? Stipulations could he be saying that the Sixers need to meet? It does, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, so I think it's just, to, he doesn't want to play here and he's been uh, entitled, um, you know, for, for much of his life and he has enablers and I think that's what's going on. And, and, you know, he had a coach who literally grew up with him and he still wouldn't 
you know, he still wouldn't do what that coach wanted him to do, which was Brett Brown. So which is take a shot. Take and a shot. Take a not three, even take a three-point shot, but take a shot. <laughs> but Brett wanted him to take one three-pointer every game. And uh, you know, we see how that worked out. So long and short, you know, and then I heard a rumor that did you hear the rumor in Hawks deal form that it was reddish John, and John well, Collins and picks for Ben? And they, they, the Sixers wanted to throw in Tobias, and the Hawks were like, no, we don't want Tobias. Well, you look, I mean, I mean, they basically traded Reddish to the Knicks for nothing. That was a terrible trade. It was probably, you should tell your friend Maddie Hansen that whoever the Atlanta GM is just ridiculously stupid. I mean, unless they just wanted to get him off the books and out of the situation. But, I mean, Kevin Knox Jr., and I guess they got, a, what, a 2022 first-round pick, which will probably be – it is a 2022 first round pick, I think, is what they got for him. But it, but it has uh, a lot of protections on it. So it was a horrible deal. I mean, Kevin yeah. Knox Jr. or Kevin uh, Knox. Schlanky is second. the name of the Hawks GM. What? He came from Golden State. Schlanky. Schlanky? I don't know Schlanky. It's his last name. I think it's Trevor. It's an unfortunate name. Yeah. Um, but it was a bad deal. I mean, I, I, you know, there was Cam Reddish is now playing with, uh, with his RJ Barrett. Uh, yeah. up in new york how's but, he I mean, been doing I, up there in new york yeah supposedly really rj barrett has been you know doing really well although i mean the knicks are a godforsaken franchise they have been forever um yeah. and you know i still don't know why they're still i mean obviously it's that they're the knicks and they're playing in new york but uh that organization has been a disaster for years yeah um and uh you know just the major fact is every time there's a free agent no one wants to go to new york Right. Uh, Julian Julian Randall or Julius Randall. I mean, this guy is not an all-star type player. And it's, it's always amazed me, you know, when, uh, you know, you take a guy who we could have picked up in free agency for nothing. I mean, not for nothing, but yeah, um, he goes to New York. He's good. I mean, my mom's here in the background. She said, what's wrong with that guy? He just has an attitude problem. And I don't think he has the talent to be acting like that. Um, is that so Julius we, Randall? Julius Randall, not Julian yes. Randall. Let's yeah. get that straight. Um, <laughs> I know that I know that we we have short time today because you have to leave at fifty five after. What about uh, and that's great Sixers talk. Um, I agree with you. There's not going to be. I don't think there's going to be a trade at the deadline, or at least regarding Ben Simmons. Right. I yeah, mean, I think only, there will be a trade, but not for Ben Simmons. Yeah, and I think we're a little bit less than a month away. Um, but I think I just want to add one more thing. I think it is going to be chaos at the NBA deadline. Like, I think this is going to yeah. be one of the craziest NBA deadlines. And I do think we are going to have a show that week leading into the trade deadline where speculation is going crazy. I think there's going to be a ton of buzz, but I also think Maury is good. I, and he said a lot needs to happen. He said these conversations, it's not that we're not trying. So he gives the impression that this is something they are proactively doing. Uh, and I do think that they are going to be very busy and it's going to be very buzzy and fun. And I'll be refreshing my Twitter page 87 times a day to try to understand what's going on with the Sixers and, and, and the NBA and who's making deals and who isn't. But I, at the end of the day, I think Ben Simmons is still a Sixer come summertime. Yeah. And I was going to not to, and, and we'll have to keep up on it. I love NBA uh, trade deadlines. I mean, I think it's I love fun, the deadline. Yeah, because I feel like I'm 10 years old again, and, and it makes me happy. Um, about last Sunday, yep. um, which raises a lot of questions. I knew they were going to lose. I think we both agreed they were going to lose. The 31-15 score is not indicative of what really happened on the field. I mean, it could have been worse than 31-0. Um, what happened to the Eagles? And really, where do they go forward from here? So great questions. What happened to the Eagles? Jalen Hurts uh, was unable and was untrusting of his arm. He, a lot of the challenges that we've talked about all season long with him, his, uh, his delay in recognizing, he, he waits until a player is open rather than throwing them open. Um, and, the, and the really good quarterbacks throw guys open. He does not. So you saw that play with Devontae Smith where he was open in the end zone and he throws the, uh, he throws the pass and it gets picked off. 
that was the, the game changing point of that. And I can't remember if I texted you. I know I texted a few people. I said that's where this game changed. Because was this right before halftime you're talking 17-0, about? 17-0, Eagles driving down the field. Yes, Eagles driving down the field. He tries to hit Devontae, and uh, that pass was picked was picked off. And so uh, you can't have a turnover right there. You got to come out with some kind of points because even if you get three right there, you come back, you get the ball starting second half. You have some momentum because you've been able to drive the ball a little bit on this defense and you got some points. He did the one thing you absolutely could not do, which was turn the ball over in, in the worst possible place. So I think that happened. Um, I think that he has an inability to, like I said, his, his deep ball is horrendous. It's not even close to guys. He threw constantly throwing, he, he threw, how many times he threw to Goddard where Goddard was at least double covered or triple covered. Now, what took him so long to get Devonte Smith, the ball, he's the, he's by far your best wide receiver. And so he does not have an accurate arm. Uh, I think the Eagles also got away from what we said last week they needed to do, which was run the football. That's what they are. That's their bread and butter. You got to run the football. And then I also think Jonathan Gannon's defense did nothing to was horrendous, horrendous. They did nothing to disrupt <coughs> Tom Brady in the first half. They played better in the second half and they got a few sacks in there and that was great. And they had some holds, but you know, the team altogether looked totally woefully underprepared. They looked scared to me. They looked like they, they didn't deserve to be there. And, you know, we questioned whether they did deserve to be there based on, like, the teams that they played. And that's fine. It was We enjoyed it for what it was. It was a free week of football. We enjoyed that. We wanted to be in the playoffs. We were. We got our butts handed to us. As well as I the heard. other seven seed, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's an indictment maybe of this new playoff <laughs> arrangement. That That's a great point. Both seven seeds got their asses whipped. Yep. Great point. Really well said. So we'll see what happens this weekend. You know, there's going to be some uh, interesting matchups with uh, the Bucks and the Rams. And then uh, San Francisco. That's an interest. I mean, all they're interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I hear this guy on the radio say that all four road teams could win this weekend, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, San Francisco's not beating Green Bay. That is, to me, that's the one lock of, of all of them. I think there's no way Green Bay loses this game. Yeah. And, it's gonna, and, did you hear it's going to be three degrees? No, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. So that's... I was listening to uh, Joe Buck, who's going to be calling the game. And I didn't know this. Maybe you knew this. But in Green Bay, apparently, when because the, you know, the stadium's so old, but when you call the game, you have to open the windows because if yeah. you just, there's reverberation from the microphone and you can't call a game. So when you watch it, you literally have to be, you're protected, you know, your back and your head, but in front of you, you're getting that wind. And he said, it's going to be three degrees at kickoff. Without the wind. Now, I mean, they had thought that it was going to snow. It's not going to snow though. So it's going to be right. just frigid. And, uh, but I will say one thing, the, the 49ers, if you look at what they do, it's conducive to cold weather, which is running the ball. So um, if you are going to go in there and I have, we have seen teams go in there and win playoff games. I mean, Tampa Bay went in there last year and won and the giants did it all those years. So teams have gone in and won there. That's why this idea that the myth of Lambeau is, you know, you can't win. I mean, even Michael Vick won back in the day, if you remember. So um, I think it's lost some of its allure. I do think you're right. Green Bay will win. And then with the other playoff game, uh, I, I would expect Tampa Bay to beat the Rams. Um, I still don't have the faith in Matthew Stafford. I know they won, but it is going to be a different game. You know, I know the Rams are trying to have that home Super Bowl. You could actually have the situation where it'd be two years in a row uh, where you would have a home Super Bowl. Um, so the, the Rams would be the second game. And then I think the least interesting game, obviously, is the Tennessee-Cincinnati game. But a lot of people are picking Cincinnati to go in and beat Tennessee. Um, you I, know, the, yeah. go ahead. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are with that, with Joe Burrow. and He's got a lot of skilled players on that team. That's a fun young team, Cincinnati. And, and I don't think it's such a bad matchup because Tennessee is such a interesting uh, – 
interesting team, right? They're getting, uh, is Henry, is he actually going to play? Henry's supposed to play, yeah. Yeah, so he's going to play. So that makes Tennessee a much different team, but we don't know. You know, he's a monster. And so we have to expect that even if he's not 100%, he's still better than 95% of the running backs in the league, as, as even at, at less than 100%. So how, how much, how much is he going to be able to uh, carry the load for them? What is he, you know, he diversifies that offense. Certainly AJ Brown uh, is in, and Tannehill, they had some playoff experience there and uh, you know, they were what they were the number one seed, right? Or the number two, They're seed. number one seed. Number yeah, one seed. They, yeah. They were so one, Cincinnati, I, guess, I don't know where, how they won the, the, the tiebreaker. Yeah. Kansas city. So they, but I think Cincinnati is like that young team, that young fun team, you know, with Joe Burrow, the cool quarterback, and you know, and and Jamar Chase, the unstoppable receiver. They have three receivers, you know, between Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. I mean, these guys can all play and get open. And then you know, they obviously have Joe Mixon in the backfield. Um, they have a solid defense, not not spectacular, a little bit streaky. Uh, so I don't know, that'll be an interesting matchup, but to me also, I think the, the bills, uh, yeah, that is the, that is the Sunday night. It's interesting. If you've noticed they've been, now it's the divisional round that the, that you start to see instead of a four o'clock start time, it's a six 30 start time, which used to be the championship game rounds. Now this week they have a, you know, they have a three three o'clock game and a six 30 game. So that's Sunday. That's a Sunday night primetime game against uh, the chiefs. And, you know, you keep hearing that the bills were, were designed to beat the chiefs on the road at Arrowhead. Um, um, I, I still wouldn't hold it against Andy Reed. Um, although a lot of people think Andy Reed is a pretty bad playoff coach um, with the disaster that was in the Super Bowl last year. Um, that performance was horrible. So I don't know, uh, you know, people are picking Buffalo to win this game. Um, And I think Kansas City is favored, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're a home favorite, which shows that it's, people think it's a pick them basically. Yeah. If if I were betting man, I would put my money on Buffalo. I love Buffalo. I love Buffalo a lot. Uh, I think that Josh Allen's playing at a a very high level. I love that offense and I love that defense. There, you know, I do hate that they're missing Tre'Davious White, their their best cornerback. Uh, but I th- I just think something looks wrong to me. Something just looks off with Kansas City and their defense, and they'll have little spurs spurts where they look like the old the Kansas City of old but to me it's just I don't trust them I don't trust them I, I feel like Spagnola is uh, is it Spagnola Spags know. is their DC yeah and that supposedly I remember when they beat the Eagles and that wasn't that long ago their season was in free fall and they were able to turn it around yeah back around game five they replaced and, Gunther Cunningham, their former defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, let's make our picks for the quick, the four, real quick. Uh, give yes. me your four picks. Who's going to win? So I'm going to take Buffalo. Yeah. Um, we're gonna. I'm going to take uh, Tampa. Um, and then I am going to go out on a limb and say I'm going to take Cincinnati because I really would like to see Cincinnati win. And uh, I guess that's a Homer type perspective, but what the heck? And Green Bay is going to win. Love it, man. Love it. All right. I am going to go Rams. I am going to go. Oh, that's going against the the GOAT. I am going against the GOAT. Uh, And that's probably really dumb. I just thought the Rams made Kyler Murray look like Carson Wentz last week. You know, that defense looked fantastic. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, I agree, man. I like oof, that Bengals Titans game is going to be tough. I am going to take, I'm just going to take the Titans cause you know, I'm, I'm a coward. Um, I take the Packers. I feel strongly about them and I'm taking the bills on the road as well. So be, the only game we be, differ, so we differ on the Rams and we differ on the, you went with Bengals, right? Yes. So we yeah. just differ on the Rams. 
it would be cool if you had your two championship games, one in Green Bay and one in Buffalo. Right. <laughs> Who would have the colder start time? You know, Buffalo yeah. at five degrees, Green Bay at six degrees. If you did, you would have your your two coldest, you know, championship games, and then they would have the Super Bowl in L.A. Which is <laughs> yeah. There, there, and those are two really great fan bases. I, I mean, going to a place like L.A. where there there is a horrible fan base in L.A. Yeah. where you would have the Buffalo fans and the Green Bay fans. I mean, they're two of the, your, your strongest fan bases going out to L.A., which hasn't had a Super Bowl, I think, since maybe the Rose Bowl. I mean, and that's, what, 30, 30 years ago or more than that with, when the Giants were playing the Browns. There hasn't been a Super Bowl in L.A. in forever, and I know that was out in um, Pasadena, but that was the closest thing to it. And then mm-hmm. – they're going to have this Super Bowl. And then when they have that Super Bowl in Las Vegas, that's going to be crazy if they ever have one there. That's going to be nuts. Yeah. the uh, I love the halftime show, too, for this year's Super Who Bowl. Who is the halftime show this year? Oh, my gosh. So it is Eminem. It is Mary J. Blige. It's Kendrick Lamar. It is – you don't know who Kendrick Lamar is, do you? I do know who Kendrick oh, Lamar is. Oh, good for you. All right. He's Kendrick a very Lamar. flashy dresser. Snoop Dogg Dog and Dr. Dre. And they have so a was this like a LA themed. Yes. Uh, yeah. Although uh, Eminem being from Eminem's Detroit, from Detroit, Detroit really but cool. this is an LA themed uh, performance. And I yeah. don't know. Yeah. No, they have a whole trailer set up for it and everything. It looks awesome. I cannot wait. So I, I think it's going to be a fun. I think you have some great, really compelling matchups coming up. And I'm looking forward to this weekend for football playoffs. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the games should all be pretty pretty good ones yeah because this week the games sucked this past week yeah the games, they, they were disappointed they were pretty bad but the ratings are still good that's to show you that the nfl um is still in it yeah that's yeah. still the premier watching event and it's interesting the nba comes in second major league baseball is completely off you know who's not in it anymore what? the dallas cowboys yes and yeah. uh but that if you have was... some vcr tapes you're in luck dallas fans yeah. Yeah, there were a, a, a lot of feedback on Facebook this week about Dallas. Was it satisfying that it, it does? If the Eagles lost, it was more satisfying because Dallas lost, and sort of made you feel a little bit better out there because Dallas yes. lost. It's to show you that the Cowboys have been completely useless since 1995. And you um, said it last week. You said it yeah. on the podcast. I mean, week. I don't think they. What have they won? Like two playoff games. They beat the Eagles once with Donovan McNabb in the playoffs, and then yeah. I guess before I guess Dak had gotten them into the playoffs, and Tony Romo maybe won. So I mean, they've won what three playoff games in twenty five years, or it might be a little bit more, but um, pretty awful. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I don't feel sad at all. I, I get great enjoyment out of it because Cowboy fans can just be so. What's the word I'm looking for? Well, how would you describe them? Insufferable, maybe during the regular well, season. I just I don't. Get and I'm it. sure Eagles fans can too. But no, know. but at least most Eagles fans are are located in this area. You find out that most Cowboys fans they became a fan uh, because their dad was a fan who never lived in Dallas or had no connection with the areas of Dallas. Most of the, I mean, growing up, I found most of our Dallas fans who were older grew up in the seventies, like the Cowboys. Then there was our connection. I I'm not going to name them, but I saw a couple of their posts on Facebook about reminiscing about the the loss. And, and they, they, they were growing up in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, I never understood the connection to Dallas. I mean, even if I wasn't, a Giants fan back in the day it was because my dad grew up in New York and I, 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 I was a misguided Giants fan because my, my dad actually was a Jets fan. And yeah, you were a Jets fan, fan too for a while. I do like, I mean, I still like to see the Jets do all right, although they're right. probably the worst franchise in the NFL, the Jets. I mean, they're the most disorganized franchise there are. Um, but, uh, you know, Walt Michaels, Joe Walton days of coaching the Jets were awful. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, the Cowboys are a mess, and you know what? It has everything to do with their GM as the owner of the team, who shouldn't have anything to do with managing that team, and that's Jerry Jones. And well, and I'll yeah. say I'll say this: I'll say one thing. I you know I don't personally like. I always hear people say that, and it's like, 
you know, you grow up here and how can you be this? And maybe it's because I live in Atlanta. I'm a Philly fan, but I grew up there. But, you know, I, I, I don't have a problem if you grow up in an area and you're, you choose, you opt out of being a fan of that team for whatever reason. However, if yeah. you are choosing to do that, you need to, you need to ride that. Cause you, yeah. you jump off the train, you yeah. can't jump, jump back on. So if you're, if you grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan because your dad was a Dallas Cowboys fan or because you like stars better or you like color blue better, whatever it is, that's fine. Guess what? I, I don't come, don't come back over here. You know, like don't yeah. leave the Cowboys, like be a Cowboys fan, stay a Cowboys fan. And as long as you can do that, like, that's fine. I mean, it makes the world go around. It's fun. Like I see, I saw a Cowboys fan in Sprouts a couple of weeks ago and I didn't even know the dude. I just walked he, up. He was sporting his gear. He had his, his, gear. his jersey Sunday. on, his shirt, his hat. It, it was Sunday morning. And I said, man, I said, you know what would look a lot better than that? A Green Eagles jersey. He said, I don't think so. And I said, I do. And we just kind of laughed about it. And, that, and that's kind of, you know, we were in the middle of Atlanta, like talking about that. But that's just um, how it goes sometimes, man. The, the worst are the NBA. I mean, you, you have your, your, your Bulls fans who then secretly became Lakers fans in oh. the 90s with Kobe, and then they went to, I guess they became Warriors fans, right. and then maybe for two years they became uh, Lakers fans again when uh, Ant Anthony Davis came back, and now they don't know what to be. Right. Uh, yeah, so and they're like, oh, no, they're I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a LeBron fan, or I'm just a, you know, Shlomo Glickstein fan, whatever it is. <laughs> but it's it's funny. I mean, the guy's going to, he is going to retire in another year. I mean, what, what, what? hole in the wall are you going to come out of that i mean who's going to become your your favorite guy there you know so it's frustrating to me i mean the nba is very much it's a player's league and that's part of the problem the players often are more important than the franchise themselves and and i i never that's one bad side about the nba right i agreed so <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up on over next here. week. I'm going to do my research into uh, the Major League Baseball strike and where that's going to leave us. Because I mean, we are probably we'll taking a nap. Probably taking a nap. We're we're supposed to be about three weeks away from spring training, and yes. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I did read yesterday that the players are going to. They met with the owners. It was not a good meeting. The owners did not apparently uh, hit touch on any of the things that the players had issues with. So the players are going to come back with a proposal that again, talks about, you know, their, their side of it. So we'll see. I mean, I think right now it's a busy time. People don't really notice that baseball's missing and, but come. I they care outside yeah. of maybe four cities like St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Um, New York. Austin. Austin. Yeah. I mean, there's really not many great, baseball cities i know philly right. you have your passion chicago chicago yes they have two teams and they actually support two teams tampa tampa no i think it was rejected they they're still trying to get that deal where they can play half the games in montreal and they were turned down yeah so um, yeah that's a good thing because that's yeah. dysfunctional yeah. i keep following the stadium uh you know moves and that Tampa situation is is ridiculously bad. So the major problem in Tampa is that the Yankees control Tampa. And uh, you have the Yankees don't want to cede control of Tampa to their own team of Tampa Bay. It's it's very imperial, isn't it? Yes. Well, that's why I hate the Yankees. So It is. It's very evil are we, empire. Are um, we ready to uh, send some shout-outs? I'm going to send a shout-out to my make mom. Them quick. Got to make them quick. Okay, my mom is in the back room. We've been having that, you know, I love her, and uh, we've been, but it's been a fun uh, discussion going on. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, I was working out of the house today, so I'm doing the show uh, here at home. So I'm sending a shout out to her. And then I'm sending a shout out to my two nephews who came down with COVID. So that's, uh, you know, that's on my end. Uh, I am giving a shout out to, um all the doctors and the scientists who discovered the vaccine because I too have COVID. And oh, I didn't know that you have COVID. Yeah. I came, my daughter and I got it last week, a week ago. And I will tell you that I am thankful. And we are the safest family. I know like we didn't send kids to school for the first semester because 
we were trying to purposely avoid this. So, uh, and we were masked yes. everywhere. We, we were yeah. very limited where we go. We don't go in anyone's house, anyone, anything like that. So wherever we got it, we got it. And I am grateful and thankful for a vaccine and the ability to uh, easily access a vaccine and boosters, because I will tell you that this week has been for me personally, and it's different for everybody. It's been a little bit more than a head cold for me. And uh, I was kind of surprised that, that how, uh, well, what does it feel like? I mean, since you're, you no, know, it's not, it doesn't feel quite like the flu, but there were days like, uh, last week where I had like body ache, like full body aches and was taking like naps and, um, you know, had, had a good bit of coughing and, um, you know, I've been taking inhalers and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I do take inhalers from time to time, um, now, but so I've had, you know, it's mostly been congestion and up in my, uh, upper respiratory, that type of stuff. But, um, so yeah, that's how it's been, but it's, it's just, it's been an interesting ride. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where you kind of feel like you're getting better. And then you have like a day yesterday for me was like, wasn't bad, but it was like, oh, maybe I'm not getting better as quickly as I thought. And then today I feel better again. So, um, yeah, man, it's just be safe out there, be smart out there. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful. For I mean, again, the problem is you've, you've been safer than much safer than I have been. Well, and, you know, I mean, and I, and I didn't, and I, and I had a test today and I didn't get it. And I, I mean, so it, a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's because, weird. Because you got it. Your daughter got it, but your son didn't get it, and your wife didn't get it. And my mom so, didn't get it, thank God. So and your mom them. didn't get it. So thank it doesn't make that. a lot of sense, like why one person might have immunity versus another person. Right. And that's been the major problem. And that's why when I, when, I think that's the major reason with vax deniers that they say, look, you know, here's someone that takes so good, such good care of himself and runs and and so careful, but he still got it. And they're going to use that as a point why not to get it, even though you're not in a hospital, you're right. not in the emergency room. Right. Um, I never and, had a temperature. I never. Yeah. I mean, look like but but I ran through a lot of the symptoms and that's what it was, you know, but I agree with you 100 percent. It's like, oh, well, how could you have gotten it? Yeah, I got it. And I was thankfully fine because of science, you know, because yeah. of medicines because of the things that I'm doing, you know, I take care of myself. And I think all those things are factors, but like if someone gives you a vaccine and says, Hey, this is going to help lessen the degree with which you are going to feel sick or your children are going to feel sick. My daughter, she could have gone back to school days ago, but because of the quarantine period, she needs to stay out till one day. but she's been great. She's been fine. And I, like, that is a testament to, I'm so thankful because you see these hospitals that are overcrowded there there's no more room what do you do right. in that situation you know it's like we got to take care of each other it's do a better and this job. is going on in america more so than in in europe where they have you know 80 percent vaccination rates or something like i i know i like president biden he made a point yesterday he, i think he said 200 million americans are vaccinated and i know that that was a statement of pride that we've done stuff that means 130 million americans are not vaccinated right and i wonder how how many percentage of those Americans are actually under five that wouldn't be eligible for a vaccine? But you're talking about five to whatever years old who can be vaccinated out of 130 million people that haven't been vaccinated. And that is just really troubling because you give something to someone. I mean, we all had, you know, vaccinations for chickenpox and other things. And uh, I took the flu vaccination. Why wouldn't you do something that can help you be better? Right. Well, some people don't take the flu, but it's like you take the, the you know, MMR shot for kids. Like, yeah. so it's just silly. But so that's one thing. And then the last shout, shout out is I want to give a shout out to my wife. It is going to be a big birthday for her this weekend. Oh, is it? Uh, is, very excited. Is, it's a really uh, round I, number. It's yeah. a round number. Not the biggest round number, obviously, but it's a it's a round number. So yeah. So happy birthday to her and uh, for everything that she does to keep this. Are you guys going to bake a cake at home and, and, and do family time? And But you always do. Family we're going to do family time. Um, yeah, we had plans. I had plans to um, surprise her. And with uh, we're going to do a quick getaway uh, to Asheville, North Carolina for, you know, oh. only like a three hour drive. But when uh. When yours truly came down with C nineteen, I had to kick that to the curb. And have you been? You've been to Asheville before, right? Once, once, yeah. Oh, um, it's beautiful. I, we 
we went there a couple of years ago. I mean, I guess maybe eight years ago. It's absolutely amazing. I yeah. thought it was amazing. Yeah. No, what cool. is the mansion there that the band built more? Built more. Yep. And Biltmore is amazing. I yep. when I was going down in that pool, you know, like that pool area, mm -hmm. I said, This is how the good half lives, where they had the indoor pool and they got food down. Uh, it came down through uh I mean that, that's how the good half lives. That's how the Vanderbilts live. So yeah. That's how the Vanderbilts live. That is not maybe, how maybe March when things are a little bit warmer or something. Yeah, I think we're gonna go into in two weeks. So yeah. we're not looking to go when it's warm, we're looking to go when it's cold so we can go hike and do everything like that. So you know okay. that's uh that's what we're uh looking to do so it's a uh, it's got a great art scene there so you, yeah you will, it does yeah. very good art scene yeah and with that everybody have the best weekend of your lives great to be with you guys.